name is Heather Green. This is my little bitty baby brother, Brandon Waybright. And I have known your senior pastor my whole life. I have too. What are the odds? They're pretty good. Pretty good. Time for the Bible. Uh, <laughs> Our scripture reading today is from Psalm 77. Let us stand for the reading of God's word. When I was in deep trouble, I looked to the Lord for help. During the night, I lifted up my hands in prayer. God, I remembered you and I groaned. I thought about days gone by. I thought about the years of long ago. I remembered how I used to sing praise to you in the night. I thought about it, and here's what I asked myself. Will the Lord turn away from us forever? Won't he ever show his kindness again? Has his faithful love disappeared forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to help us? Has he held back his tender love because he was angry? Then I thought, here is what gives me hope. For many years, the Most High God showed how powerful he is. Lord, I will remember what you did. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will spend time thinking about everything you have done. I will consider all your mighty acts. God, everything you do is holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who does miracles. You show your power among the nations. With your mighty arm, you set your people free. You set the children of Jacob and Joseph free. God, the water of the Red Sea saw you. It saw you and boiled up. The deepest waters were stirred up. The clouds poured down rain. The skies rumbled with thunder. Lightning flashed back and forth like arrows. Your thunder was heard in the windstorm. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your path led through the Red Sea. You walked through the mighty waters, but your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock. You led them by the hands of Moses and Aaron. And this is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I, I was younger when I came here. I could see the pictures. <laughs> It does seem like it was just yesterday that I came here. And yet today I, I'm here remembering what God has done these 12 years. But I want to I do that because that's what people in the Bible always did. In really hard times, they took time, like in this psalm, to remember and to find hope, know that God wasn't done with them. In really good times, they took time to remember and to celebrate that God is the giver of every good gift, and especially, I think, in times of change, they took time to remember that God was still with them, and he would guide them through this new season. 
We, we um, are really in a time of change here at Lake Avenue Church, don't you think? I'm moving away from being your senior pastor. Pastor Jeff, you're stepping in as the acting senior pastor. Our senior pastor search committee is um, fully at work already. I don't know if you remember one of the first messages I ever did here. I called these times of change. I called them ecotonic moments. Those who are kids or students here, write it down. Tell your teacher. They'll be very, very impressed. The translators will have a hard time with that too. But do you remember that when I talked about ecotonic moments? Three. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to show you again here. An ecoton. It's a place where two ecosystems come together, where two ecosystems meet, they blend into one another. Those kind of places are unstable. They're they're shifting, they're fragile, but they're also fertile. Thing that characterizes them, diversity and change. And in those places, you find new kinds of life. Really, a good example is that this, and I don't know if you've done this, we've done it often as you travel from east to west and you go across from Nebraska, about a thousand miles, like Nebraska through the eastern part of Colorado, that is flat, boring land. There are some lakes, there are some ponds that are there, but then suddenly in Colorado, it just merges up into the uh, Rocky Mountains. It is just an amazing place. That's, I have a picture of, of one of those kind of spaces here. Uh, that's what I mean by an ecotonic space. I don't know if Dr. Bill Iwan is here. He usually sits up in the balcony, but Bill, I hope I got this right. Bill is from Caltech University, but also a member here at Lake Avenue Church. When I talked about this concept of ecotonic moment, he said something like this. I hope I got it right, Bill. He said, when you come to an ecotonic space, you've got to make some decisions. You've got to decide about what you Uh, carry with you from the old space into the new one, you've got to decide what you leave behind. So as you think about that, if you were kayaking up a river or through a lake and uh, suddenly in that flat area you come to the mountains and you want to go up the mountain, probably you don't want to carry the kayak up the mountain, right? But maybe you want to take some shoes or some water or some food. So with my leaving as your senior pastor, Jeff, you stepping into this new role and all that that's happening in this ecotonic moment at Lake, I am convinced that one of the most important things for us to do is to stop and remember what it is we have to carry into the next phase. I find that sometimes we want to carry the things that don't need to be carried. (laughs) But what is it that we have to carry? And I think you already know what I want to say about this, at least one part about what we believe that we're going to carry into the next stage. The word that summarizes it is this word gospel. The word gospel is the word that I use to summarize the entire message of the Bible. Gospel simply means good news. Nobody outside the church uses it. Simply means good news that comes from God, good news that comes to all people. So um, we, we have put together a statement of faith here at Lake. That's been one of the things that's happened in my 12 years, and that's mean what we believe and is going to be passed on to children through senior adulthood, and we have that statement of faith. I'm going to show you where you can get it. It's what we believe, and for Comunidad who is here, and I'm so glad, I don't know where you are, but I'm so glad you're here. We have it in Spanish. 
It's going to be up online at that same address, and we have it in Chinese as well. I'm going to just show you what the preamble to that is because I want you not to forget it. It's through the power of the gospel that God accomplishes his salvation plan, rescuing his people from sin, making each one complete in Christ, and making all things in his creation new. So when you come to Lake Avenue Church, our most basic theological convictions are aspects of that gospel. I'll just tell you, whatever else we are and whatever else we will become, we have to be a gospel-centered church. We just mark that down. That doesn't surprise you that I say that, but I've also been really chewing on this and thinking about and remembering some of the specific messages that God has given us together over these 12 years. I'll tell you what they are, the ones I wanted to share. I had a thousand. One, unexpected family. Ephesians 3, 14. Paul said, I bow my knee before the Father from whom the entire family in heaven and on earth is named. And then he saw this family at the end with John writing in Revelation 7, 9. So I looked. What I beheld in that family of God was a great multitude from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, together standing before the throne. I've told you the story. As a 13-year-old boy, one Saturday morning, I was forced uh, to stop and talk with a group of African-American men in my hometown of Bluefield, West Virginia. I told you, as I turned around that corner in the street one day, I uh, found myself face-to-face with these three African-American men. And what I wanted to do was run, because I was, I was afraid. I had never talked with a man of color in my life before. Let me tell you, you, um, you fear what you don't know. So one of the men did what I didn't want him to do. He spoke to me. He looked me right in the eye, and he said, young fella, I have some advice for you. I think you should just sit down right now and talk with us and have a nice, cool bottle of pop, and I think you're going to find out that we're just folks. See what I did? I sat down, had a nice, cool bottle of pop, and I talked. You know what I found out? That they were not just folks. They were my brothers in Christ. It was a life-changing moment in my life. I've told the story off, and my eyes began to be opened to what our God is doing in this world, and I'll tell tell you, a dream began, I think, that day to well up within me, to be able to be in a local church this side of heaven that looks something like that family that we are already a part of and will be throughout eternity. So I think in one of my very first messages to you, if any of you remembered, I brought you into that dream with me. It was from the book of Ephesians that we went In Ephesians, we learned that we called it the unexpected family of God. The thing I kept, the point I kept making to you is this is not unexpected to God. (laughs) It has been his eternal plan to bring bring together people from every tribe and language and nation into this family together. That's, That's his plan. It's unexpected to the world. 
in this, this broken world where everybody keeps talking about how we can get things together. The reality is, if we are what God says we are and are to be, then the broken world that we live in, and we feel it now in our society, is going to see what happens in a local church and will not be able to believe that this group of people actually worships together and loves one another and goes out into the city and serves together with the entire family. It's unexpected to the world, but when it happens, it glorifies God. You see, the book of Ephesians that where I talked to you about, there, there were people who were coming to faith in Jesus who were very different from one another. Big problem they had were Jew and Gentile. The problem was both Jew and Gentile were coming to Jesus, brought into one family, but they didn't want to be in one local church together. So they wanted two churches. They wanted the Gentile church and one the Jewish church. Read the book of Ephesians. There's only one church. We all bow the knee before our one Father in heaven and on earth. Th that's who we are. That's who we are. People once divided from God and one another beginning to be brought together both to Him and to each other. Here's the application to us. Uh, God has placed us here in Pasadena, California. It's one of the most diverse communities in the entire world. And he has adopted, by his grace, each one of us into his one family. And what he does in a family is he unites us in order to make known to a broken world in the, in the San Gabriel Valley that God is able to do this, that he's able to take what is broken and bring together what this world cannot bring together. And I'll never forget this. When a God adopts us into his family, he leaves our distinctive traits. Uh, he um, leaves us this breadth of diversity that he's created us with so that you just look around, and even if you've seen the program today, there are different ethnicities in God's family, there are different physical appearance, there are different gifts, different generations. We got, you know, middle school, high school. I mean, all of this is happening in the family of God. But he brings us together, plants us right into a community like this one in this world and tells us, you love one another and you live together and you worship with one another and you serve this world and you will bring glory to my name. So I'm telling you, when a baby boomer doesn't want to work, worship with a millennial or conversely, when a documented person doesn't want to worship with an undocumented person, I'm, I'm meddling here right now, it's my last Sunday. So. <laughs> when the wealthy, successful person doesn't want to worship with that family that is bordering on homelessness, you here at Lake, you must remember, remember who we are. We all bow our knees before the one Father and in heaven and on earth before whom we all derive our name. We imperfect people are only in the family of God because of his mercy and grace. And we're going to be in it together, and we're going to be in it together for throughout eternity, so we might as well get to like it right now, or we're going to hate heaven. Just mark it down. I'm sorry for those who have translations. That wasn't in the notes, but I just throw that in. Second thing to remember. Three essential connections. Key verse, Colossians 1.28. We proclaim Christ, 
both warning each one and teaching each one with all wisdom. Why? So that each one may become complete in Christ. I don't know if you remember I asked you the question, which one is more important, inhaling or exhaling? There we go, we, both. Yeah, try one without the other. Go ahead and try it for a while and we'll pick you up later. Uh, see, with that in mind, you've got to remember that, that the Bible not only calls us a family, it calls us a body. And as a spiritual body, what we have to do is both inhale and exhale if we're going to be vital and healthy. And the three essential connections that are so much a part of this church are focusing on the inhaling part of your spiritual life. So the many reasons why God puts us together, one of the reasons why we have a local church like this one, and like the others represented, Sister Jean and Brother Kerwin, and the, the, one of the reasons is that each person who comes to Jesus needs to grow in the faith in Jesus. We, we come into the church to begin to breathe in, you know, the truth of God. That means to learn what God has said about himself and means to learn about how we're supposed to live. But it's not just learning with our heads. We come so that we can live no longer the way we once were living, but begin to live the way that God actually created us to live. And what we have said is, even though there are many things that are important for you to grow to become like Jesus, there are three that we think here in our church that are absolutely essential to you. I'm going to tell you what they are again. Uh, I'm going to ask you to commit yourself to all three before I leave. Do better than you did while, while I was here. Number one, worship. Worship together. By this, we urge each person who makes this your church to worship in one of our gathered worship services. We have four of them. Three in English, one comunidad, is in Spanish, and I think you have a lot more fun than we usually have here. That means that we think what you're doing right now is essential for your growth in Christ as well as for our witness together to the world. Um, as Hebrews 10.25 commands, don't give up meeting together. Then it goes on. Some have gotten into the habit of doing this. Like, I can't believe it. It's like he was writing to us. So meet together even more as you see Christ's return approaching. Mm. Dry sermons, remember. <laughs> community. By community, we mean our smaller group gatherings, like the classes some of you are in, like small groups some of you are in. We have them all the way from our student ministries through senior adulthood because the Bible calls us not only to come and worship him, but also to get involved in one another's lives. Did you notice? Warn one another, but also teach one another, pray with one another, encourage one another. And, and the gathering here is just too big for us to be able to get into one another's lives and do that. So we form small groups, and you need to become a part of that. Why? Because... Because um, if we're going to fulfill our mission to be able to become the kind of people who bring, uh, power, uh, bring uh, praise to God in this world, we believe that worship alone is not enough. Two essential connections are that we worship together, then we find those smaller times to get into one another's lives and walk together. And the third is service. I think, I think the key passage there is Ephesians 4, 7 to 16. We're told this, that when you receive Jesus into your life, 
He comes in and he forgives you, but he also brings into our lives the Holy Spirit. Why? One of the main reasons, Ephesians 4, 13, is so that we can grow up together in our faith. Why else does he give us his spirit and give us different gifts so that we can serve one another? He said, so that we will no longer be babies in the faith. That's what Paul says. I mean, it's kind of straight talk right there, right? He says, that's what you're going to be. And, and what he says is that he gives us different gifts, every one of us. And what makes us strong is when we actually use those gifts serving one another within the body. It's just like for my physical body, exercise is absolutely essential. So too for our spiritual lives. Service is absolutely essential. So remember, three essential connections. Now, so many of you have told me it's just too hard to do all three. Oh, I'm going to pass on to you one word. From a single mom in our church, she asked me not to use her name, but this is what she said. I see, Pastor Greg, that these three connections are all essential to my spiritual growth and to my children's. So we have decided to commit to all three and we're discovering this, that as hard as doing all three might be, there are much harder things that I do as a single mom. Doing all three, she said to me, is changing our lives and drawing us together as a family. We have to be creative, she told me. But we've learned it's possible, and it's worth it. So, so remember, unexpected family, three essential connections, and then see if any of you remember this, finally, divine appointments. Jesus said, Acts 1-8, you will be my witnesses to them in Jerusalem, to us, what would he say? In Pasadena, San Gabriel Valley, and all the way to the ends of the earth. And then he goes on to say this too, in, I mean, in the book of James, chapter one, verse 27, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. You ready to hear it? This is God saying it, not your senior pastor. Look after orphans and widows in their distress. Keep oneself from being polluted by the world. See, if, if the three essential connections are essential to breathing in, the, this divine appointments theme that we have, I think, is, is what it's talking about with breathing out. What happens when you breathe in at church is to breathe out blessing into this world. We gather here in church to go. We gather to go. We gather here to breathe in so that we can go and carry out, one, the message of Jesus so that they can know salvation, but also the love, the compassion, the mercy, and the justice of Jesus who have never experienced it in all of their lives. We go as his ambassadors. Now, the property that we're on right now, I, I've told you this before. Do you know this was donated by one of the first mayors in the city of Pasadena, William Waterhouse? He was also one of the first members of Lake Avenue Church. When he donated this property to us as a church, I think I have a picture of him. This is what all Lake people looked like back then, just to let you know. <laughs> he said there are two things he wants always to be true when we carry this church into the next ecotone. Number one, that we are going to be a church that takes the gospel of Jesus Christ into our community and into our world so that people can come to know God through faith in Jesus. And number two, that we will have eyes open so that we will reach out to meet the needs of whatever people God brings into this city. I think he had no idea about the kinds of people that God would bring to Pasadena. 
I, I hear his words. They ring in my ears. They have all 12 years. And I think that's how Jesus lived. So how did Jesus live? I've told you this too. Back when I was a freshman in college, my RA challenged me to read the Gospel of Luke. And he said, well, as you read it through, look and see each time somebody comes across the path of Jesus. He seemed to have eyes to see them in different ways. He says there's several things you need to see. How did Jesus actually see people? Did he ignore them? Did he see who they are? Number two, how did he treat people? Number three, what was different about the way he saw and treated people from the way most people in his world did? How did he see, how did he treat, and what was different? And then he said to me, Greg, as it was with Jesus, there are going to be some people every day of your life that God brings across your path, and you know, I, I, I want to ask if you've ever experienced this, you know that you've got to stop and enter into that life. He said, when that happens, see it as a divine appointment. Treat it as an opportunity to tell them about Jesus, but also treat it as a privilege to be able to reach out to whatever distress, whatever needs they might happen to be, and do it in the name of Jesus. So 11 years ago, we spent months considering what this looks like in our lives, and I called it uh, divine appointments. Do you remember that? I kept pointing out, listen, as a church family, it's not by chance that he's planted us in this city. There's a reason why we are here, and there's a reason why you are here. So as a church as a whole, like William Waterhouse said, we've got to have our eyes open to see what the needs are in this city and together reach out to them. Can't be a, an exclusive social club. But the same way, I think our own lives are energized when we learn to leave, live not only as a church as a whole, but as individuals in our workplaces, in our daily places of dining, seeing people as Jesus saw people, seeking to have the wisdom to treat them as Jesus treats people, reaching out to them with the love of Jesus. And I encourage us all to see each encounter as a possible divine appointment and each appointment as an opportunity to reach out to others in the name of Jesus. And this morning, I want you to remember. I, I want you to remember the unexpected family of God. Who's in and who's not? The ones who are in are those adopted by God into his family. It's not our choice, it is his. And when they come in, they become our brothers and sisters, an unexpected family living as a family. Unexpe Do not forget, remember, three essential connections. I'm telling you, my, my, uh, the man who did the interim preaching, Denny Blessy, kept saying, this church is a piece of work. Everyone is a piece of work. And I've always agreed with him in that. And I put myself into that as well. But you and I need to grow. We need to grow to become more and more complete in Christ. Amen? Three essential connections. Worship together with your family regularly. Uh, find a community. This will be a bit of a challenge for those who, who uh, followed online, but we've got to be creative and find out how to do this. And then number three, live that life that is energized by knowing that God is there so that when you go out, he's going to give you some opportunities to have your life count for eternity, see them as divine appointments. Let me give you some final words. 
We only remember the past so that we might be guided now and into the future. We just don't remember to be nostalgic. In the Bible, you remember so that it will change now and help you to live into the future. Those are the three things I want you to remember, but I want them to change how you live. Now, once again, remember, I, I started by saying we're in an ecotonic moment, so I'll put up this point again. The ecotonic space is a fertile place characterized by diversity and change, and I especially like this, new kinds of life. I tell you, I think that's true of this time for us. Have you ever noticed in your life that it's often in those uncertain times, those, those transitional times of your life that you just turn to God more fervently? Have you noticed that? I'm in one of those, Lord, what's next? What do you want me to do? It, it just drives me to the Lord. I spend more time with Him. I renew my commitment to Him. My 60-plus years of following Jesus, my most precious times of spiritual growth, have been in those times when I desperately needed the Lord to guide me and sustain me in that moment. So here's what I want you to do. I, I think these next few months are going to be some of the best we've ever had as a church family. They'll be that, those times of change and new kinds of life. I want you to let it be so. So be sure to draw near to God. And let us do these kinds of things. Let us... Uh, Encourage our pastoral staff and Pastor Jeff as you have never encouraged them before. Let us support our elected leaders. Come on Tuesday night and vote for them. And then you support them as you have never supported them before. Brothers and sisters, let us pray as we have never prayed before. Let us serve as we have never served before. Let us give as we have never given before in this ecotonic time. And I tell you, we are going to see the presence and the life-giving power of God because God has a new work ahead of us in this church family. One of the amazing things for Chris and me is we get to be a part of the beginning stages of that. I, what pastor gets to do this? Leaves but doesn't really leave. It's usually because he doesn't want to, but I, it seems like you guys want me to come. Jim, our chair is right here. So we have a stage here where we actually get to walk with you in this next stage. What pastor gets to do that with the people that he or she loves? I guess that means we're not leaving yet. Uh, we're just transitioning uh, to a new way of serving God with you in this unexpected season. Um, i like our musicians to come up. We have a great gospel-centered song we're going to be doing. So I think, Dwayne, you said I have to talk long enough for you all to get up there. So I'll take a drink of water first. Um, as this chapter comes to an end, we move from this ecotonic moment to the next. May God bless us all. May God bless us all with his eyes to see people. All he brings across our path to see people as he sees people. May he bless us with his heart. 
to care for people in the way that he cares for us. May he bless us with his hands and with his feet, just ready to reach out, care for whatever people God brings across your path, and may God bless us with his words, ready to speak of the good news. Have you found it to be good news? The good news that comes to us all in Jesus Christ, that we together may live as his unexpected family placed here in the San Gabriel Valley with this purpose to make his glory known. May it be. Amen. This is